And now, live from space, the 200% podcast with Ian King and Edward Carter. Open wide for some soccer! Hello pod fans and welcome to 200% podcast number 309. 309 in England. Yeah. It's Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, and we've Bank Holiday Monday's put a hurt in on us today, but but we're not alone. Thank fucking god. <laughs> because we're in a bad state. Um we're joined today by Sam White. Hello Sam. Hi, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. pleasure. We are going to be discussing the pertinent issues of the day while I try and rehydrate <laughs> <laughs> in the in in the corner. If we can think back to last Thursday, which was a day when Harry Kane announced that he was staying at Spurs, and then all of a sudden every Premier League team started trying to sell the current incumbent of their number seven shirt, we may remember the excitement of Cristiano Ronaldo, now renamed Pengnaldo, re-signing for Ronchester United via a bold... Ronchester City Gambit. He's back. Is it good news? Inky? Um, no, it's not. I mean, not, I, I, you know, it's, I'm sure it's very exciting for Manchester United supporters. And um, it's, the, my, my big issue with it is that no part of it makes sense. Um, Manchester United now have 13 attacking players. Um, there, there, there has to come a point where you have to look at other areas of the pitch that might need strengthening. But obviously, considerably more unsettling for me are the ongoing allegations and the ongoing civil case over somebody who he is alleged to have raped in 2009, was it? Yeah, two thousand. It was this, it was the summer between Manu and um, Real. So obviously, previously yeah. they had really no culpability in 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 this regard. But yeah, um, it's obviously I get the appeal, you know. And if football is the only logic you follow, it makes sense in a way, except for all the unbalancing the team stuff. But like I say, this is irrelevant. I just football's attitude towards this sort of thing especially combined with the Benjamin Mendy story which it's become apparent this morning that Manchester City 
didn't suspend him and they knew about it and they continued playing him while they knew about the allegations from I think it was the end of last year. Yeah, it's between two allegations, wasn't it? Because there's 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 yeah. been a more a more recent one while he was bailed for previous offences. Yeah, and I it staggers me that in 2021 the game collectively doesn't seem able to take care of its shit over this. I'm uncomfortable with the amount of fawning. That's not to say that, you know, to make a value judgment over it. But at a really basic level, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I'm not sure people are aware of the... um the details that are publicly available. If you read the um, details from the NDA documented in um, Der Spiegel, I think it was 2018, um, there's there's Mm -hmm. some legal... uh, It's a slight legal grey area, but because they're stolen documents, nobody's sort of doubting the veracity of them. Um, I was just getting... I've got just a brief quote from the... um, from the NDA, is it okay if I go go on Absolutely, ahead? Yeah. yeah, I mean this is like massive trigger warning for this, obviously, because it is it is graphic. But from the the assailant, obviously, in um, this case, quite a prominent assailant. This his account is: I entered up from behind. It was rude. We didn't change position. Five to seven minutes. She said she didn't want to but she made herself available. But she kept saying, no, don't do it. I'm not like the others. I apologised afterwards. And there is a word for that. I think we'd like, we like to suppose there's gradations of rape and that if it's not stranger rape, if it's not overtly violent, um, then it's more of a social faux pas than anything else. But... Yeah. Um if she's if she's saying no it's right. Yeah. I mean that you know when that's when that's your own account. I I think it's just just it's just sort of emblematic of men who feel yeah. entitled to women, men who can't believe there are women out there who wouldn't want to have sex with them. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. It's um that I mean for me that's really where it turns is on the fact that those were his own words i knew you know i knew what you were going to read because i've 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 seen that article myself um it doesn't detract from the shock value of it yeah uh but i think it needed to it needs to be said it needs to be you know repeated it needs to be printed on a fucking great thing in the centre of Manchester, you know. Well, yeah, I think there's two, um, there's two other aspects to it as well. The police told her she had a weak case because she, she, she'd she kissed him consensually, which, again, speaks mm, so much of how we yeah. treat um, victims of sexual violence. But also, I think people think because she was paid off, that's then it's all kind of absolved. But you, actually, you have to remember that's not an uncommon way to settle rape cases in in the United States mm. that's very yeah. often the 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 only sort of recompense you'll get if you're not yeah. it's the, the, because yeah. the you know the the threshold for criminal culpability is so high that m- most 
victims would rather come to some arrangement than none whatsoever. Yeah, I did note uh, that when the Las Vegas Police Department issued their statement, they were very clear in saying that he hadn't been cleared of anything. They were very clear about saying that we can't proceed because of insufficient evidence. But they, I, you know, it's it's an important legal distinction to make and it's important that they said it and were very clear about the facts of it. It was very similar with um, Chad Evans making the distinction between not guilty and innocent. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Once again, you know, he behaved badly. The bar is very high. Yeah. For, and we can all agree he behaved badly, but the response of so many people is to pile in on on the victim in these instances yeah and you can't it's possible to behave incredibly badly really hurt people and not be criminally culpable yeah yeah that's that's absolutely true i don't know you know it's the, the, the conversation isn't being had again because i think it's important to distinguish that this is like this is Cristiano Ronaldo. He is probably the most famous footballer on the planet. One of the two or three most famous of all time. This isn't like, you know, just some Premier League striker. This isn't like Adam Johnson, where for everything that he did, that was just somebody who was a Premier League footballer, you know. Um, it's the, 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 the profile is so much higher, but this story isn't, being told outside of you know german political magazines if, if this had been 30 years ago we wouldn't have even known mm. it's only because of the internet that we have the capacity now to be able to uh, to get to that story as quickly as it comes in well if it weren't for football leaks this would still be framed in terms of her being a gold digger as as yes. it all as yes. it always is and if it if it weren't for those the details of the the NDA being um, reported, that's precisely how it'd be framed. There's yeah. there's the people would not people won't be told that that their idol it is a deeply flawed man in some ways, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's possible to be an incredibly talented footballer and a bad man. It's the Rolf Harris thing all over again, isn't it? Well, you know, it's 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 across the board. It's the the fact of the the matter is that people can be messed up, very true. And men, men in particular, in <laughs> certain ways, which are extremely dangerous. Now, hold on, <laughs> not not all men, surely. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Not me, <laughs> therefore, not all men. It just so happens that a lot of people with the power in these situations happen to be men. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a, it's a correlation does not equal it does. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. But it, it's, um, in, terms of it, in terms of it as a sporting move. Oh, it's a basket case move. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely off its trolley. They, like I say, they've got 13 attacking players and three central defenders in their entire squad. Well, yeah, but one of them has got a head the size of several more central defenders. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, that, that sort of bobble-headed strategy is probably the, the key. It's going to be one at the back 
him just standing there deflecting balls with his colossal bonds while yeah. while Sancho and Greenwood and old Rarkus Mashford and uh, <laughs> Penaldo do their business up the other end. You say right, you say Penaldo, this is one of the issues I've got with it. You can't take penalties off the most prolific penalty scorer in the league, which they've got. Surely. Well. Do you take do you take him off pens? Do you take him off Bruno off pens and free kicks? That's mental. I just don't know what happens now. You know, I mean, does this mean that like you know, poor old Marcus Rashford, who's sitting on the substitutes bench anyway, gets shoved another place down? What are they going to do? Take out Mason Greenwood, who's been like their best player so far this season. I don't know. It just, just, I don't know where how they fit this this all it's in. It's Greenwood I really it's... feel for at the moment because he's just. I mean, he's just whatever happens is going to be a magnificent player, but he seems to be the obvious one to get elbowed out. And when he's has yeah. he got three and three, like it's something he, like that. Something he, like he's that, yeah. he's an absolute mensch and. Um, it, it, I know where he's, Ronaldo scored a lot at, at Juve, didn't he? But he also, the number of goals they scored overall decreased dramatically because the whole side is geared towards facilitating Ronaldo. He'd run people through with a trident in order to get a goal. They were so desperate to get rid of him. You know, I mean, they sold him for 15 million euros, <laughs> yeah. which by current standards is, you know, well... Oh. That's three and a half Ben Whites. <laughs> three and a half of those to a Ben White. It's like you know uh, that that's how little money they sold him for. He completely unbalanced their wage structure. Um, they were on for ten league titles in a row. They they asked that up. Uh, they finished in the Champions League. I think it was. It's either once in the quarterfinals and twice in the last sixteen, or the other way around. I, I forget which. The team is actually, you know, in a worse condition than it was certainly when he got there. And I know that there's a lot about Allegri going and all the rest of it, and they didn't really properly um, fill that particular gap. But having said that, you know, it's inarguable that they went downhill and backwards with him in the team and he was costing them a fucking fortune um i think it was half a million euros a week Ugh. something like that god 26 million euros a year and so i don't you know I do, he's gone to united um again it's one of those it look oh it looks like a bargain but you've got to add the wages on all the other costs all the other attendant crap you know Manchester United are close to their commercial limit there's only so much more expanding that these enormous clubs can do but I mean I do think actually Sam because you support Everton don't you? yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yes I do For your... <laughs> yeah 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 what of it um but uh, it, it's good news for you because it's always Everton who get Manchester United's you know kind of half decent castles Oh, yeah, no, this is true. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, Andrei Kanchelskis or... uh, um, Mark Hughes. Yeah, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes Hughes we we Uh, got in that period we had of signing absolutely finished players. It was around the same time we got Gaza. (laughs) (laughs) And David Ginola, we did this for a bit. 
just signed them to get a yeah. few goals to keep us up. God. Did he have grey hair by then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were buying, I think you were buying them by weight. And then somebody, <laughs> somebody thought that it was getting good value. It's like, look at this. 15 stone of Gaza here. That's got to be, that's got to be worth something. Oh, God. I mean, he was, anecdote-wise, he was fun. You know, he, he, he really gave a lot. Like, but mm. <laughs> I think he the, gave a lot to the narrative of the club. Well, yeah, the uh, what's it? Um, Alan, Alan Myers, who was um, comms, uh, comms director at the time, um, he had Gaza over to his house and he was making a nuisance of himself. Um, and the next morning, his wife shouted down and says. Alan, why is all our bread signed by Paul Gascoigne? <laughs> and he just pulled out every slice of white Warburton's toasty and wrote oh. Love Gaza on every piece. Oh, <laughs> Gold loving. Oh, dearie me. Yeah, we're a very, we're See, a very pro, pro Paul Gascoigne podcast. It's a well-known fact. Well, again, you have to be pro and anti, don't you? That's the thing. That's I, I have doubts in the back of my mind about Gascoigne as well well oh, uh, but he's, um, he's like a he's a yeah he's not he's not a well man let's put it like that yeah he's 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 troubled Speaking of um, speaking of being on the pro and anti of things, um, let's talk about Arsenal because you always give a good, <laughs> well balanced view of Arsenal. And now, one thing that we did notice from the weekend is that Cristiano Ronaldo, or at least see Ronaldo, was in the stands to watch the sensational five nil drubbing that um, Pep handed his paduan out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look, I am trying very, very hard not to be too smug about this because this does not come along ever. No, well, no, no. Um, and, you know, I have to add to that. After the summer we've had, Jesus. I mean, you had the, 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 the managerial thing, which is like, can you just ask somebody who will accept it? And eventually they settle on somebody who I was like, all right, okay, yeah, I quite like him. Because I'm not really bothered. I'm ever, I'm never bothered by whether they're any good or not. I'm bothered by whether I like them or not. If I like them, I'm fine. They go, fucking Spurs, you know, what are they going to do? They, well, they, they, oh, they might get relegated into the championship. All right, okay. I have caught you watching videos of Nuno Espirito Santo on your phone. Yeah. Because you just like yeah. looking at his face, don't you? Yeah, I like his happy <laughs> he's face. He's got a lovely yeah. face, to be fair. And he's got really kind yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah. He says very kind things in interviews as well. He's very. He gave a quarter of a million quid to a homeless charity in... Uh, somewhere near Wolverhampton. Oh, when he was at Wolves and um, and things went against him, and he looked sad. I couldn't bear it. Like I, yeah. I just I yeah. can't bear sad. No, no, it's just I I no. really wanted him at, 
at our place though i really really did yeah but i was quite no i, I was i was perfectly happy with it but it, it was stretched out too long and it was you know embarrassing because it always is with spurs and then you had the harry kane thing and that's just a cold different and then the season starts and of course the very first game of the season you remember oh yeah there's always arsenal and um and 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 they I I just don't know where they go from here. I mean I the championship. Yeah. Sure, the championship. Yeah. Oh god, don't. If they if they did, I'm not allowing myself to think about it. Because they are singularly ill prepared for a relegation fight if it was to turn into one. <laughs> it's it's brutal, isn't it? Do you know what, though? The number of teams that I think are definitely doomed this season, and it must be about eight of them. Like, (laughs) I've I've got about eight definitely nailed on that that can't stay up, and Arsenal, you know, in amongst them. (laughs) Yeah, it was, they were so bad on Saturday. They were, they were as bad as, I mean, watching the highlights again today, I. Just I was struck, and we, we 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 were both struck at the time on on the Saturday when we were watching it live. Uh, how irregular it was that Arsenal made any foray past the halfway line in the second half. But God, it was stark, and the statistics at the end were almost cruel. They were a kid playing FIFA on the easiest setting. They yeah, were yeah. unbelievable. 81% possession for Man City. Man City got 20, <laughs> 20 corners and Arsenal got none. <laughs> these, these, these are the, the basic... It was... It was I, I don't know. I mean, men against boys. I have no... It's yeah. beyond that. I mean, the thing is that they shifted formation to play three at the back. <laughs> Which is supposed to make you more stable because then your wingers become kind of fullbacks. But the problem was that they were so immobile that there was this kind of 30 yards of vacuum in front of them that Manchester City's forward players could just, they could just flood into it. The first goal had all three centre backs out jumped by a five foot eight yeah. German midfielder. <laughs> The second goal had them all standing around like Autons in Doctor Who, who had suddenly deactivated. They were all doing that the face that that Swedish bloke thing did when uh, Cruyff did his turn. There was about <laughs> yeah. four of them all doing that. Yeah, like, I'm, instead just of, I'm instead sorry, of... we can't be expected to deal with this. This yeah. is just. Yeah. But what <laughs> they were trying to deal with set. was a low, scudding, bouncing pass yeah. across, the, <laughs> across the box rather than an era defining yeah. piece of skill yeah. and imagination. Me, me, meanwhile, behind them, where the ball is heading, there's like five. Five strikers from this team that haven't got any fucking strikers. I, I like the fact up. that one of the Arsenal defenders did take it upon himself to try and act like he'd been injured or fouled. Yeah. In the build-up. He's like, well, I'm not going to get anywhere near that. So I'll, I'll just go down here and see if VAR can save us. Oh, I feel like Arsenal are sort of morphing into the final form. It's like the sort of apogee of, of mm. Arsenal since, you know, for the last 
yeah, 10 years yeah. or so, bless him. Yeah. And Jacker as well doing, just Jacker doing his Jacker. I mean, he's tremendous value for the neutral. <laughs> he he's is, tremendous yeah. value for me as well. Um. <laughs> Wasn't he meant to be sold as well a couple of weeks back? Oh, they had it all sorted out. He'd agreed terms with Roma and they couldn't agree on a fee. So he ended up sending a <laughs> signing a contract extension to twenty twenty four with Arsenal. Like this was oh. like last Wednesday or something. Have you seen? Um, oh, good, just to show how much of a basket case he are behind the scenes as well. Have you seen Maitland Niles's Instagram post tonight? Oh no, no, I haven't. Oh, because uh, I think he was on. He was supposedly on a transfer to to Everton, I don't even know if it was a loan move or not, um, but he's just put up an Instagram post saying um, I just want to go somewhere I'm wanted and somewhere I can play, crying emoji, crying emoji <laughs> oh, so, God. The, so they've, they've sent out, died in the wool sort of gooner Joe Willock and just got rid of him and uh, hanging on to a discontented Maitland Niles They've stopped, what they've, what they've done is of course They've 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 stopped him now, and now they've got this very very unhappy player who they're not even going to play. Yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll, you know he'll get ten minutes here or there. Yeah. Oh God. It's... I don't. I feel, I feel really sorry for him. But like yeah. I don't. I didn't oh, even yeah. particularly want him at our place, but yeah. No, I mean that's that's the thing with players. People always forget this, you know. When 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 the money conversations start everybody forgets that the players really want to play you know <laughs> of course yeah, they you, do you don't get to that level without really wanting it do you yeah it's it's you know it's 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 a kind of desperation it's why so many of them go on for so many years past their prime it's not something that you ever particularly lose and the thing is that they're talking about sacking the manager at the absolute worst time of the year to do it there's when like he's a, just spent a load of money and all. They've spent more money this summer than any other club in Europe. <laughs> Sorry. That's the best thing. Just <laughs> wait until he's bought some stuff, some more stuff on the transfer deadline, then sack him the day afterwards. So they've <laughs> yeah. spent more money than any other club in Europe and you can't buy anybody for the longest time possible. Yeah, that would yeah. be the deal. Yeah, That's... so this, so this other bloke. There you go, there you go, Sam Allardyce. Get in, <laughs> get, go hog wild in there. There's a gala pie in your office drawer. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Is Pardew giant... got a job at the moment? Oh God, no, no. Par- Alan Pardew is currently out of work. So then again, Tim Sherwood's a lifelong yep. Arsenal supporter, isn't he? Yeah. Oh true. God. <laughs> Get that gelade slag in. What? <laughs> Again, it's a spectacle. I'm fully behind that. The funniest thing they could do now would be sack Mikel Arteta on the in the understanding that they'll be able to go for Conte. Then Conte blows them out and they end up with Thierry Henry. Oh. Oh, that's that's okay. a shout, actually. Yeah, he's a club legend. The only thing is, I really like Thierry Henry, and I don't want him to fail. Do you not think it's it's more likely they would just take Patrick Vieira from Palace and, um, well, and to bring the, Roy back after the start he's had? 
Um, I, don't, I don't know, would they? Would they go for no Vieira? Idea. Is Vieira up to it? Is Tony Adams around? <laughs> you see, I've been disappointed with each one of Thierry Henry's managerial failures, of which there have been several. Um, well, yeah, nobody wants to see Thierry Henry fail because Thierry Henry is a higher form of life. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think I think I've said um, said this in another podcast, but like everything I hear about his sort of managerial style, it's just for like sheer frustration that everyone isn't as brilliant as he is. Yeah. It's just like if if I was doing that, I would just be brilliant at it, and and that would be that would be the end of it. I can't see why you're making this so difficult for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> this is often the way. I think. Yeah, that's the problem with great players, isn't it? Uh, being, it's sort of being the problem. Yeah, problem that Bobby Charlton had, not the problem that Jack Charlton had, which I think speaks volumes <laughs> for how far Jack Charlton managed to get with his amount of ability. So. Yeah. Hats off to old Jack Charlton. Yeah, I always love that someone who really outperforms their ability, like a Peter Crouch type figure. Yeah, he's somebody somebody who's gone beyond what you think they're capable of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... remember. Yeah, Martin O'Neill used to be fulsome in his praise for Robbie Savage. <laughs> because of that, he, he he was of the opinion that he was lousy, an awful player, and he was just blown away with admiration that he had nevertheless managed to get himself to that level. The notion that Robbie Savage was really playing on the edge of his game just (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) floors me. Right, my theory with Arsenal is that if they'd won a European Cup, one of the two times it was plausible that they might then there'd have actually been some succession planning. And, like, I think Wenger would have bowed out sort of happy rather than clinging by his fingernails to every, you know, last match in charge. If, they, if they'd won it 4 they might have got some, you know, they, they might have, like, had a plan for the future. But as it is, it's just spiralled. Yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the deciding one was 2006 because they just left Highbury. Um, they were moving into the Emirates Stadium. They were a, they they had their goalkeeper sent off. They went a goal up, and they held that lead for forty minutes. And I was watching it at home. We just moved to Brighton a few weeks before, just moved, and um, I was getting a bit nervous with twenty minutes to play. And then of course Barcelona scored two in four minutes and one. And and, and it was downhill from there. It's been and it's been a slow glacial decline. I looked at their league positions last night and in two thousand and five their average position was first or second. In two thousand and ten their average position was third or fourth. By 2017-2018, their average position was 5th or 6th. And now in 2021, it seems to be 8th. You know, the last two seasons have been 8th. And I don't see that having been arrested in any way whatsoever. And I don't see a plan. You know, there's so much wrong with Arsenal's team and they spent £50 million on Ben White and bought a reserve goalkeeper. (laughs) Who no one likes, apparently. It's um, The world's most unpopular reserve goalkeeper. Is he? Well, apparently, judging by the 
florid reactions of the Arsenal fans in the Twitter sphere. He was he, he was getting a, a right roasting for even having the temerity to show up. That's irrelevant, right. though, isn't it? Like a reserve keeper is just such such an irrelevance. That... I've, yeah, I've never I've never understood anybody getting on someone's back before they've even signed for you. Well, the thing is, let, the, let alone it's, if it's, they're not even going to ever play. It's the establishment club, isn't it? Arsenal, that's the thing. Ah, yes, you know, well. the Bank of England club. It's the, 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 out, the, the out of touch uh, walruses in the uh, in the boardroom. Don't know what they're doing. Covered in dust. It's not, is it? It's a terrible American speculator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, you can't separate it from the ownership, can you? As it's it's been managed really, yeah. really badly. Um, yeah. But you know, it's been fun for the rest. Of it's, us. It's so much. Fun. So much fun. I mean, you know, last season would have for me would have been really, really miserable. Jose Mourinho just sucks the life out of Tottenham Hotspur. It was like, um, it, it was it was like a, a some sort of weird reverse exorcism. And... Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> reverse exorcism. I put them uh, back in, says Portuguese yeah. managerial legend Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> and when it got to the end of the season and they finished seventh and you know that's all right seventh a lot of teams would be happy with seventh i'm not you know i'm not complaining about it but at the same what i was disappointed by was the fact that they were the last team in the title race in 2016 they finished second in 2017 they made the champions league final in 2019 they were really building something and it just deflated you know, it was a real feeling of missed opportunity. And um, and I don't think that's going to come back. But, you, you know, for the first time in donkey's years, I was actually kind of proud of a Spurs team. It's a very unusual feeling. Um, and, uh, and the fact that so much of that decline was self-inflicted is something that I find ast- just, you know, astonishing. You always see it when you've got a businessman making football decisions and you've probably been lucky in so far as like, you you know, you didn't get your first choices, but they mm. might, I very much doubt they would have been right anyway. Like yeah. this, if you got Nuno by default, and I think he's actually a really... That's a really solid choice and really mm. a great manager for you. So yeah, I think I think that they had, you know, it's it's a, just a transitional period. Um, at the end of the day, and if he's there for just a couple of years and steadies the ship while they actually identify somebody for a long term plan, then great. If the long term plan is him, then great because he's really nice and I'd like to touch his beard. <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, like I say, I've after that summer, for this season to have started like this has been, you know, it's been a, it's been a really good month for me. August twenty twenty one, it's been a really good month. Because the uh, first twenty minutes against City, I thought, <laughs> oh god, I, like oh, it's going to be a long season for these, isn't it? But then, you know. You just to be nicking one one nils, it's not to be sniffed at, is it? Here's the thing, right? 
he's got um he's only got BT Sport at home and I've got but I've got BT Sport and Sky. So we agreed that I would do the Derby Forest game, watch the Derby Forest game and he would watch the Man City Arsenal game and he was laughing so hard on WhatsApp <laughs> after, after twelve minutes. So <laughs> It's true. Yeah, I mean, I can't miss this. After after the second goal, I I was adamant that he needed to see this. I watched um, um I watched the first twelve minutes at half time on catch up. <laughs> I think that the second goal was just oh, the, the, that was the, the just the, the sight of a football team. Yeah. That was the moment that its soul departed. Yeah. The thing is, um, you know, I've I've. I, I've been there, you know. That's the thing. If 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 anybody is entitled to laugh at the misfortune of others, it's the team that everybody laughs at for their misfortune. It, um, <laughs> I, I I feel I I I don't I don't. Yeah. Uh, I feel you've, like I'm, I feel morally, you know. You've been there, but you're not sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's your why should position. I be? I would expect. I would expect. Exactly. Oh, but absolutely. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, that I'm pretty certain that when that there have been times when Spurs have been bottom of the Premier League with no wins from three games before. Um, I wouldn't yeah, be able I'm to sure. tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell you what season off the top of my head. But was that <laughs> how they ended up getting rid of Martin Joel? I think it was either that or Juan or that, Ramos. Yeah, yeah. Juan Ramos. They just, they, it was one of those definitely seven. ended in in the acquisition of Harry Redknapp. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the, the, you be know. careful what you wish for, Arsenal <laughs> fans. As well, yeah, so. it's um, it's so I'm not, you know, it's it's not that I don't know what that feeling is like. I mean, mm. I never thought that we'd get relegated at those times, but this feels, I don't know, there's something about it that is just so rotten. How do you turn this around? Well, if Score you had that, like stat stat wise, that they're, they're worse than the infamous derby team so far yeah they're even worse than the scores suggest and that's that's the thing we were we some um, like i said i think i said on this podcast even last week or the week before that we were 35 minutes into the brentford game and i was watching it and i had my little notebook out and and, and i just wrote down <laughs> i don't think arsenal know what they're doing I don't think there's a plan. <laughs> so there just wasn't one. And it was and the, when you're actually watching a team that is just literally kind of running around roughly in position, sometimes closing down, sometimes not really bothering. Um <laughs> it's it just this mess of a of of several different formations. I mean there's I know everybody talks about um Pep overthinks it in uh, big European matches for Manchester City. Well, it would appear that his protégé also thinks overthinks it, but in an altogether less ordered way. <laughs> Unevenly overthinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, that's why parts of Pep's head seem to get hotter than others. Yeah. Which it's, ex- this explains is the... one or two things. This is Arteta's problem, is all that hair. Yeah, he needs to get that hair off so it can ventilate yeah. his thoughts. <laughs> that bald-headed fraud. <laughs> anyway, anyway...
poignant scenes this week in the world of football uh, when football came together like nothing else can for a memorial the passing of a stalwart supporter Keith the Duck (laughs) R.I.P. I don't know how old Keith the Duck was or what it was that Keith the Duck done did that yeah. caused Keith the Duck to be no more. However mm. old, I think, you know, gone before his time. Definitely gone before his time. He is forever in our hearts. Um, <laughs> now, now, as far as I'm aware, what happened here is that he shares the same name as a noted Wigan Athletic supporter who is currently battling with lung cancer which is a pretty gnarly situation for anyone to be and when somebody had saw seen a, a post on facebook or twitter saying oh r.i.p keith they jumped to the sad conclusion that this venerable wigan athletic sporter had in fact passed on quickly turned out to not be the case it was keith the duck yeah, his mate. See, uh, was his mate's pet duck. <laughs> his mate's pet duck. I mean, quite whether or not he named him in tribute to his friend. Um, quite how you would feel if you were going through this gnarly life or death struggle against the, this terrible disease, <laughs> and then the, the tribute duck that your friend bought as a jape <laughs> also <laughs> snuffs it. <laughs> and, and it results in, in people misunderstanding and you getting to read all of your obituary notices, essentially. Well, if so, the other guy dies soon, he should definitely be buried with the duck. Like, to be fair, all the obituaries were, like, glowing. So it's like um, a, a reverse yeah. Nobel thing, isn't it? Like, oh, everyone thinks a lot of me, like, even in duck form. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. He's had a, he's had a great day. It's probably given him a lot of sucker. In his in his cancer battle, which you know yeah. we all hope is is successful. Of course, Keith the Duck, obviously, it's uh, it's all ended rather too soon for Keith the Duck, but he did get possibly the the greatest <laughs> sign off that any duck has ever received in the United Kingdom. I've heard of military pigeons being awarded for their gallantry flying yeah. through enemy lines and so forth. Some bloke's duck. <laughs> I've never seen some bloke's duck get a minute's applause at a Premier League yeah. football game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Respect from a Pelican fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it made me wonder whether or not we're now looking at a more community-based caring and sharing football post the COVID pandemic where we're going to be able to share more of this <laughs> every every pet out of the 35,000 people in any ground any week any you know budgerigars bring out your mice and rats and hamsters and cats and dogs why wow. not everybody's hands will be bleeding raw it's Wigan, I would pick. If, if if it were to be any club, I'd say it was Wigan. Like some of some of the uh, like most of the Wigan fans know are so sound, whether they be human or duck. So yeah. I really think I really think they could get behind this at the DW. You told me something shortly before this podcast. Oh yeah, Samantha, the du- which yeah. I have not told him. 
the the duck belongs to my friend's girlfriend's cousin. Oh, now then. Well, you're, well, for a start, obviously, we'll extend our our deepest sympathies because obviously you are a family in mourning. <laughs> yeah. For Keith, legendary duck. Just a sh- shout out to, to Liz Brady and her girlfriend Roxy at this difficult time. Yeah, there will be there'll be a, there'll be more there'll be more ducks in their future, I'm sure. Yeah. Ian was speculating as to whether or not Keith was going to end up in a pie because I, I think Ian assumes that everything that that was the most Wigan thing I could think lays of. dormant for any significant period of time in Wigan just gets put into a pie. Oh my god, my my um. Granddad did this to my mum's pet chicken. <laughs> like she had a pet chicken called Speckles, and uh, Speckles oh. died of old age. And my granddad was a very kind of um, gruff, straightforward Lancastrian type, and he was just like, "Well, we're eating it." <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah, waste not, want not, really. But it, I don't know, an old chicken though. Well, yeah, it's disgusting as well. Old yeah. hen pie. It's yeah, gross, that's, and it's, that's it's not absolutely yeah, it's absolutely foul and also a beloved <laughs> pet. <laughs> it's what the chicken would have wanted, so you better eat that. Well, at the very least, the chicken would have wanted it to have tasted bad. You're going to yeah. do what to me? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, after after you're dead, after it's... years of faithful service. Mm. Mm. I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't care. I would. So I don't go getting any ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I this year I've lost a dog, and I never once thought of eating that dog. That obviously, no. that's possibly because there is no cultural reference for eating dogs on purpose in this country. No, whether that would or not have really put my granddad to the test, though, I reckon. <laughs> it would have, yeah, a West Highland Terrier pie. <laughs> <laughs> With four legs sticking out the bottom of it. Just imagine the colour falling from his face when they take the cats to the vets. Eat the goddamn so, pie. Keep that damn thing alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of principle, but that doesn't mean that I have to like it. Well, of course, there were four other ties today, and let's look first at the cup holders, Wimbledon, at home to fourth division opponents, Grimsby Town. Wimbledon, in their familiar blue, Gerald Sinstat reporting. Would it be a day for old Harry the Haddock? Should have seen the one that got away. In fact, there were quite a few haddocks on show at Wimbledon. Makes a change, I suppose, from all those bananas that we keep seeing. Cockerell to take the kick. Lever on the line in front of Segers. Alexander near post. Alexander! 1-0 to the fourth division side. And we have been playing 14 and a half minutes. And behind that goal, a shoal of inflatable haddocks, a few bananas, some fried eggs, and overall, a feast of jubilation. We've got a couple of pieces of extra business. Jamie Vardy scored at the weekend, which means it's time for another Jamie Vardy fact. Oh, good point. I'll just quickly get that out of the way. Jamie Vardy thinks ice gems are a breakfast cereal. There we go. That's uh, well, Jamie Vardy. Okay, fact. Fair enough. Jamie Vardy, fact number two of the season. Can he get a golden boots worth of <laughs> Jamie Vardy fact? <laughs> we get golden suits worth of lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden uh, lawsuit. 
golden lawsuits. And also Match of the Week. Now, Match of the Week this week is a quite a short little clip, a little snippet from um, an FA Cup fifth round match of the day. I chose this primarily because I got to enjoy the fulsome sight of Des Lynham holding an inflatable haddock. <laughs> Harry the Haddock was the latest of the inexplicable popularity of inflatables being taken to football grounds at the time. What a sight, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier because I remember this period. What, the inflatable period? Yeah, the inflatable period. Sort of I remember 80, the end of it. 89 to 91. I remember the end of it. You know that bit of it where it got just the, the inflatables got too big. Yeah, and they were the, having to have like rows and rows and rows of people yeah. carrying these ridiculous <laughs> things that had taken hundreds of thousands of pounds. To, yeah, <laughs> for for a game like Brighton and versus Stoke at the Goldstone. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, I have yeah. to say, I don't remember this period at all, but Googling it is absolutely tremendous. Yeah, no, I was, I mean, I was about sort of 17 or 18 at this time. So this was like, you know, custom. Did you ever, did you ever take an inflatable into a football ground? Uh, I did, no, I didn't myself, no. I certainly okay. know people who did. I'm sure you do. Yes, 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 <laughs> as you know. I, I, obviously, I know somebody who's taken an inflatable rubber woman into a football <laughs> ground. <laughs> Of course you do. I think yeah. I may know that person. Yeah, I think yeah. you know that person as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, like when I googled this, there's like quite a recent story about Barnet refusing to let Grimsby in with massive haddocks. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's another story about um like a big metal Harry Haddock recycling bin on the seafront and some lad getting stuck inside it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of those um, medieval torture things where people would be welded inside a bronze bull. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck inside a Harry the Haddock and just left. Jesus oh Christ. Good game, All the though. wasps. It was. It was, a, it was an interesting game. I particularly enjoyed the deterioration of the pitch, which it I did, thought yes. started fairly normal for February, but back in, back in 1989 times yeah. anyway. Then I would, about midway through the, the game, just after half-time, I would describe the, the pitch's condition as pep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very sort of smooth, but shiny and a continuous yeah. surface. By the end, when Dennis Wise volleyed in the third goal, yeah. churned, I would yes. say. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Definitely you, getting you, on towards the Somme. Did you spot who was in goal for Grimsby? I did. Steve Sherwood. Steve Sherwood. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I didn't five, notice that. <laughs> five years after appearing for Watford in the FA Cup final and dropping the ball into the goal <laughs> <laughs> against Everton. There's Steve Sherwood at Grimsby. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of... It was a sad. It was a sad. Sure. So obviously Wimbledon were the um, holders of the cup at that point, mm. but there was that that brief moment of hope at the beginning, yeah. When dear old Keith Alexander rises highest to head the ball in and give Grimsby yeah. the lead, and Gerald Sinstat poetically describes the 
shoal of inflatable haddocks <laughs> fl- fluttering with the with the inveterate optimism of cup tie. Yeah, yeah. That, it's great, that, isn't it? I've never seen an inflatable fried egg before, but there was an inflatable fried egg. Yeah. I'm... Here's the thing, right? Here's Someone's thing. always got to be different, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, right? That is, if I could bring back one thing from the past in football, it would be the FA Cup mattering. Because those matches, like those kind of fifth round games and quarter final games, were events on a scale that is almost unimaginable now. You would get, you know, 45,000. Well, I don't know whether or not you watched any of the other games in there, but there were some real, you know, bear pits. There were Liverpool. Liverpool played Hull City yeah, at Boothbury yeah. Park, and Everton played yeah. Barnsley at Oakwell. And Oakwell was absolutely steaming. Yeah, I think we do forget how up for it people used to get for the FA Cup. Well, there wasn't a lot of football on telly, though, was there? And yeah. if if you were a lower league team you didn't see i presume you didn't see a lot of quality football I so you could like, you know so it is it is a sort of disease of plenty isn't it the the fa cup not being quite so special um yeah it's you know i think as soon as you can you can tie it to the champions league i think the decline starts then <laughs> almost at that moment sort of 1992 time and it was only 10 years before that FA Cup games were the biggest games of the season. Did there you notice a... Terry Phelan scoring in this one? Yep. <laughs> Not only did he score, I would say that was a full Keith Houchen. <laughs> what, a, what a finish that was. Terry Phelan. By my estimations, he must be about 12 there. And... <laughs> I don't ever remember him seeing scoring. Like I don't remember him scoring ever again. <laughs> no, maybe he saved it all up into one diving header. I don't. <laughs> That's all he had in him. I don't know if I've meant if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, whether it's a com- just a conversation that we had, but um, that uh, is his challenge to me is that when Keith Houchum dies. Uh, I've got to write an obituary about him, but I'm not allowed to mention his header in the 1987 FA <laughs> But I want this to be unbelievably in depth and heartfelt. Oh yeah, it'll be like, below, like you know, ten thousand words. It bloody well a better be long read. That man has given great service to the, the yeah. beautiful game. It'll go into <laughs> forensic detail with just one glaring omission. <laughs> <laughs> And now I, well, the thing is, and now I've said it on the podcast, when I've done it, I can go back and go, look, I did do that on purpose, you know, what he would have wanted. <laughs> Maybe that's who they named Keith the Duck after. Keith Ouch and the Duck? Yeah, Keith Ouch and the Duck. For, to, give, to give him his full name. Dived under a tram. <laughs> <laughs> try, try to head a bread roll. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what goes on it. I did go. I, I have been to Wigan, but it was entirely by accident. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was. We were trying to. We were trying to get somewhere else, is, and Wigan just appeared. Is this a change at Wigan Northwestern? No, I was actually. We were in a car at that point. Oh, you were in a car. Oh, right. I've no idea how you've done it. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. 
like a change a change at Wigan Northwestern is a reasonable reason to be accidentally in Wigan, but. Now in a car, I don't know why we've done that at all. Uh, well, I'll tell you this: I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be looking at Wigan with with fresh eyes from now on because they respect their ducks as much as we do. And this is, we are the most duck forward football podcast there is. You're there is no absolutely more. Absolutely certain about that, aren't you? Absolutely. I've always said well, this about you. <laughs> I've always, I've always thought that in some, in some small world. You know the one that I've created within my own head. Then yeah, it is true. So fuck all those other <laughs> duck and football podcasts <laughs> presented by Ida Good Johnson. Hey, Boom. that <laughs> right there you go. <laughs> there, there, there you go. That's an hour. Invoice oh, closed. <laughs> <laughs> Right, are we done? Oh God, are we done? I think so. Well, thank you for coming, Sam. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having it's, me. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a it's been a pleasure. We, we shall do it again sometime. Excellent. Absolutely. And where can we find you on social media? Oh, uh, I'm on, plug plug away plug. Um, I'm at Sam White W H Y T E uh, on on Twitter and any links to anything else I'm doing I usually put put up on there or on my blog which is also linked in my um, Twitter bio there you go right you got any other business I've got nothing I, I mean I, I'm hoping that Jamie Vardy uh, doesn't score any more goals this season <laughs> but you can't you can't you can't keep a good man down no that's fair right okay we're done we'll be back again same time next week Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.